Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a, another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take. My name is Mike Brown. It's a pleasure to come speak with you live here on Spotify Live as we do every single Monday night to talk all things Houston Rockets. Uh, we've got uh, a pretty decent amount of Rockets news, I would say, in the works since our last show on Thursday. If you did miss that podcast, make sure to check out the dream take anywhere. You can listen to podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify, the works. Uh, if you are live here on the show on Spotify live, and you would like to talk all things Houston Rockets, it's pretty easy. We pride ourselves on being the most interactive podcast in the game hit that request to speak button. I'll bring you up on stage and we can break down all things most recent of the Houston Rockets. So uh, let's get to our first bit of news. Uh, came out a couple of days ago that Kevin Porter Jr. is extension eligible this offseason and both sides want to get a deal done before the new campaign kicks off. 
Regardless of the outcome, this is a prove-it year for the 22-year-old, either validating why Houston was right to give him long-term money or why the Rockets made a mistake not to. That was three days ago via Ben Dubos of the Rockets Wire, also previous guest of the Dream Take. Uh, Again, we've touched on this before multiple times here on the show. It's either way, I'm really intrigued to see what happens with what a, a possible extension looks like. You know, what does it mean for the Rockets? What do they want to do at that point guard position? I think the the each side of this negotiation would like to get a deal done. I think the Rockets are very upfront for the most part with how they feel about Kevin Porter Jr. If they didn't like him, if they didn't value what he brings to on court and off court to this organization. I think he would have been gone by now with what he pulled this past season with let's call it the incident where he got into it with coaches, got into it with players, left the arena. For most players, I would say that's an automatic you're off the team. If he was a fringe guy, if he was a end of the roster type of guy, but it's very clear that he is not. So I think the Rockets are evaluating the situation. I think it's a very fluid situation with how they envision this moving forward. Uh, If you had a gun to my head and say, Michael, you have to choose what's going to happen with Kevin Porter Jr. before the season starts. Do they get an extension done with him? I'm going to lean on the camp of no. I think the Rockets are going to run the risk of him not coming back, which I think they're going to be okay with. We've talked about it on a previous show last week. You know, do the Rockets end up, you know, drafting a guy like a Scoot Henderson, you know, next year's draft, where if you sign a Scoot Henderson, or excuse me, if you draft a Scoot Henderson, all of a sudden you have that much less need for a guy like a Kevin Porter Jr. Now, I envision Kevin Porter Jr., again, not being the starting point guard of this team. Number one, he's not a point guard. Number two, his role coming off of the bench, I think, would better serve not only himself, but also the roster and organization as a whole. And I talk about what I believe is best for the organization as a whole, because those are the only types of decisions this team and this franchise needs to make. They have a lot of pieces on this team right now. And I've used the term before and I'll use it again. It's almost like they're an island of misfit toys. You know, they've got talent on this team. Now, when you talk about NBA ready now talent, then it starts to get interesting because talent being Tari Eason, Jabari Smith Jr., Ty Ty Washington, those guys have basketball natural talent. Those guys are studs. Those guys are great college ball players. But are they NBA all-stars, ready-now players? Remains to be seen. Usman Garuba has got talent. You see it being displayed on the international level. Does he have NBA talent? Remains to be seen. So, and, and we I brought up Usman Garuba for a specific reason I want to get to here in a couple minutes. Uh, let's bring up good friend of the show. As always, we are very lucky to have Adam here on the show. Adam, what's up, bro? 
Hey, how's it going, Mike? Good, brother. What's going on? Uh, I, I got a few uh, questions. Let me know what you what you think. So, oh, if, okay. If, if you if you put Stephen Silas under truth serum, mm-hmm. and he act, she actually answered truthfully in one of these press conferences, and, and I hope I hope maybe one of the one of the reporters at you know asked him some of these questions. So, you know, if you you know, so like a, as a wish list for me, if you ask Stephen Silas. Are you committed to getting Jabari Smith seven three pointer, seven three point attempts a game? What would what do you think he would say? Um, I mean, if you look at his numbers in college, I mean, he's a north of a forty percent three point shooter at the college level from the three point line. When he was playing at Auburn, he was shooting forty two and a half percent from three. You would argue he would be stupid not to want to get Jabari Smith as many shots as possible from those spots. I think. Jabari Smith could be extremely dangerous in that P.J. Tucker offensive role from the corner. I, I think he could be a 40 to 44% three-point shooter from the three-point line. So truth serum, do I think that that's the way he's going to build his offense? No. I've said it since day one since they signed Steven Silas. I believe Steven Silas is in over his head trying to coach this team. If, if we had a uh, a top five point guard that was if we had James Harden on this team, I would say that you know that, that's perfectly fine because James Harden at his peak, you know, 2017, 2018 level, he would he would be able to pick out Jabari Smith in the corner in that PJ Tucker role for seven, eight three pointers a game. Mm-hmm. I just don't think we have that caliber point guard that's that's capable of. Um, identifying, you know, that, that, that directive and actually getting that ball in the right position to Jabari Smith. Um, in well, I think it's time. a good point. I think on the roster right now, signed for this season, I would say they have two natural point guards. I think they have Deshaun Nix and I think they have Ty Ty Washington. I do not believe Kevin Porter Jr. is a point guard. And for as, Talented as my co-pilot Jeremy Brenner is, who wants to bang his head against the table and his hands on the table saying, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. is a point guard or he's today's version of a point guard. That What does that mean? Like He's not a point guard. I'm sorry. I mean, Adam, you I think you agree with that sentiment, correct or no? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the thing is, you know, Colin Sexton still being available. I would take a real long, hard look at that if I was the Rockets. Um, even even if you were just to take a waiver on Colin Sexton and it'd be worth every penny. Yeah, he'd be worth, he'd be worth every penny. And like you know, off from yeah, it sounds crazy, but if you think even there's a 15% chance that Colin Sexton could you know return and exceed the levels that that he was in you know at the season he had, he averaged 20 points a game and yeah. might be a a fixture maybe you maybe you offer him 20 million for for a year you know to Ooh. see yeah it'd be expensive I, that's a, that's expensive to me but i i love it's where you're coming from you know it's it's you know like you know to kind of wrangle him loose out of that you know like sure but yes, yeah, sure. so I, I got a, I got a couple of other ones. Let me know. Sure. You, is Steven Silas and the coaching staff committed to getting Jalen Green 20 attempts a game? I don't know, man. I, I think if you ask me anything Steven Silas related, for the most part, I'm going to lean on he's probably not going to do what's right for the roster. And that that's just a personal viewpoint that I have 
of Steven Silas. I think, you know, let me flip it around on you, Adam. Give me how many coaches, head coaches in the league right now would you take Steven Silas over? Uh, much like our point guard position, I think he's probably bottom five in the league. I think that's fair. I mean, you run through real quick. I'll just name you the teams. I'm not taking them over uh, Boston. Uh, who's in Chicago? Billy Donovan. I don't like Billy Donovan, but I, I like Billy he's, Donovan he's good, more. He's, he's a good. He's yeah. a good coach for like developing yeah. up and coming teams. He you know builds young players and develops their potential. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe the head coach in Detroit. Um, I will take him over Steve Clifford, but just that's because Steve Clifford. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking at guys just across the league right now. It's just it isn't a lot, man. And so I think bottom five is about right. So how committed do I believe that they are in getting Green the touches that he needs? I'm not confident at all. Yeah, like you know, for me, yeah, I, I want Green to have 20 attempts a game. I want him to up his usage from 23.7 last year to 30. If you look at kind of Harden and, you know, I think he averaged probably 35, I think his peak season with Rockets, which was just kind of crazy, was 40, you know, 40, 40% usage rate. Um, but I, I just, and so, you know, so, so to go back to what you said, right? If you're overwhelmed and I think, I think he does have, he, you know, last year he did show that he's just not able to manage like, a ton of different priorities and directives, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when that's the case, what do you do? You simplify it, right? So, you know, I would hope that Steven Siles, if I was in his position, I would be like, all right, let me focus on three things. I need to develop Jalen Green to make him a all-star next year, a superstar and maximize his potential. So I need to focus on kind of, kind of getting, getting him time, playing time, you know, aside from KPG, KPJ, KPJ, so they're not on the court together, you know, almost 80% of their minutes, right? So, so I can get Jalen Green as the primary, primary playmaker on the team. I need to get him 20 attempts a game in pick and roll opportunities at least 15 times a game with Jabari, Jabari Smith, you know, picking and popping. Um, I need to, I, I need to actually see what, what Alperin Shingun is, you know, is, is he somebody that can be a five on this team? No, no. very simply. No, but I, you I, know, like I, I, you know, you just yeah. need to figure out a lot of things before next year. Right. Well, I think that's part of the problem, right? I think that they have a lot of questions that need to be answered, but you're trusting a guy that's been a head coach now for two years who's had the worst record in the league both years. So you hire, and again, my opinion, I believe they've hired his successor. I believe that uh, Lionel Hollins will be the head coach of this team before the, the end of the year. Now, I could be wrong about what the questions that you just asked. Alperen Shangun is not a five. Jalen Green is your best player. There, there are areas of Jalen Green's game that very easily I think he can improve on next year, right away. He was an 80% free throw shooter last year. I think he needs to be closer to 85 to 86%. I think that's very, very easy for him to improve upon. Last year, he averaged 32 minutes a game. He needs to be closer to 35. I'd say 35 to 36 minutes would be more of a point that I would like to see him at. I'd like to see him get over 20 points a game. He averaged 17.3 last year. He averaged two turnovers a game last year. I'd like to see him cut that in half. 
Um, he averaged uh, 2.6 assists. He needs to average closer to four or five, and he needs to become a better rebounder. I think rebounding-wise, he averaged three and a half rebounds last year. I think he needs to average five. I think those are minimal improvements that I believe Jalen Green needs to take next year, and this team will be much better off just by him improving in those areas. I, I agree with that. If Jalen Green can make a leap next year, he basically – He better. He better he make basically, a leap. He basically is internal player development for five to six other guys, maybe three or four, right? If he if he makes that leap, he's going to get Jabari Smith shots because they're, they're the you know defenses are going to continue to collapse and double team him like they did last year. You know, you know that that means Jabari Smith is probably going to average 13 to 15 points a game if if he is as good of a shooter as we expect him to be. You know, there there's everything hinges on Jalen Green, and there's just a, too much focus on KPJ, and 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 I think that's where the coaches that's where the coaches are focusing on. That's what that's what my intuition tells me. And I just need a lot more attention and focus placed on Jalen Green. And and listen, Alperin Shingun, yeah, I don't you know, he, he played he played really well on offense against uh Serbia. I don't know if you saw the highlights at least yeah, from Eurobasket. But you know, his defense was terrible, right? It is like Jokic, Jokic, you know, he he made him you know, he played like an MVP. He he would do that against anybody, but we need to actually see and kind of determine what is Alperin Shingun's what, well, what, his, I, I, what his ideal you. placement on this team is. And that the only way you do that is giving him minutes, right? And I just think you just got to throw him out there, you know, for 30 well, minutes. I, I, yeah, I think, the, I think the fact is with Shingun, people are going to learn. They're so enamored by his passing ability, which is fine. You know, like it's, it's okay. I mean, he's a, he's a good passer. No problem. He's a very good passer. But, guys, you know, there are so many people out there. There are so many Twitter accounts and fans out there that want to turn this guy into, you know, a mainstay at the center position. And this is a guy who barely averaged, what, 18 minutes a game last year? But, but let's focus on the good the good that he does, right? Yeah, we, we know where his 20 minutes again. Lie. Yeah, 20 minutes again. We know where his deficiencies lie, but – I, all right, people are enamored with him because he is uniquely interesting in the modern NBA game, right? He's he is a low post uh, focused player. There aren't many bigs that are, that, are, mm. that are that efficient on the I'm low post. I'm gonna stop you there though. He's not. That's not his. That's not his bread and butter. He wants but to play on the perimeter. Now he's he skilled. He's, he, he's skilled down low though. He's skilled down low, but you know who he is. He's the diet coke version of Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol was the same way. Pau Gasol preferred to play on the perimeter from the high post to the to the three-point line. And if he had a, an, a matchup advantage, he, yeah, he could back his guy down. That's what Shangun does. It's not, it's not bad. It's not a bad thing that that's his game. But he's not going to change. You know, so what do you do? So now you're going to play essentially five out? Five out doesn't work in today's game, Adam. That's my problem with Shangun. Give me one team in the league where a five-out offensive set actually works. And you watch enough basketball to know that even in Brooklyn, with the guys that they have, they still make Claxton 
their back-to-the-basket rim defender guy in the post. Miami, same thing with Bam Adebayo. Um, you know, all these guys that their offensive system does not work when you run five high. It just doesn't. That's why Shangun on this roster scares me in the position that they're going to try and put him in. I don't think Shangun is – I mean, I, I don't think he's trying to play out on the perimeter. I don't think he's good enough. Like, he's he's not a good enough shooter to play out on the perimeter. I see him I, – I see his placement on the high post at the, you know, free throw line extended as like a high-low kind of, you know, passer because he's shown to be a, a really – a really, uh, you know, really good passer from that high, you know, from that high post position. You know, you, you know, I think one of the things I've liked, you know, I, I've kind of talked about some of the things I, I haven't liked in past episodes from Eurobasket, but he's, he's been a really good rebounder. You know, he had, I think he grabbed 13 against Jokic in Serbia. I think that's, that's an area, you know, if he's averaging 12 rebounds, 11, 12 rebounds a game and, and, 26 well, to 30 minutes. That's pretty. I mean, that that would that would make me. Uh, yeah, I'd be really happy with that. Well, that would be a huge step up because last year he averaged five and a half rebounds in 20 minutes. So you're going to ask him to nearly double. Not nearly. You're asking him to more than double his numbers in less than you know a time and a half of what he averaged last year. Yeah, and that's my point. Is can he take that step this year? It's a massive question, right? I don't want Rockets fans to think that I'm some pessimist when it comes to Shangun. In my opinion, I'm a realist. I think this is what he is. I think he's a nice player who's going to average 10 to 12 points a game in about 30 minutes. A game. He, he doesn't have the defensive ability to stay on the court for more than 30 minutes right now. He just doesn't. You know what I mean? That's where I'm at, Adam. But do you have any final thoughts before we move on to our next speaker of the evening? No, I appreciate kind of the insight and uh... – Sure. Always good to have you on, brother. Let's go to our next speaker of the night, Mr. Alex Brown in Bel Air. Alex, what's going on? What's up, man? How you doing? Oh, living the high life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to comment on the Shangun thing. Yes. Is... So Shangun was, you said he was playing, what, 20 minutes per game? Average 20.7 minutes per game, 9.6 rebounds, two turnovers, three fouls. Three assists, a block, and five and a half rebounds. Just think, now he's going to have to go against the the fives for 30-plus minutes. They're going to elbow his back. They're going to bang him. Like, they're going to hit him in the hard to where he's not used to that, and it's going to take a toll on him because he doesn't have that muscle and that body build as for a five. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's one of these situations where – Again, I go back to – and it, you know what? If you're listening to this show tomorrow or, or the days beyond, first of all, thank you. You can find me at Podcast underscore MB. It's very reminiscent to what I said a couple weeks ago. Having Shangun on this team is kind of a microcosm of what the Rockets are as an organization right now, if you really think about it. He's cheap. He's fun to watch in spurts. But if you leave it on for too long, it's going to disappoint you. That's how I see his play. Is yeah, yeah he's fun for 20-ish minutes a night. Would I love him on this team as a power forward? Yes, I would. I, I absolutely would. I 
Again, Pau Gasol light. Watch Gasol in his early years in Memphis. You see Alperen Sengun in his game. Now, Gasol was never a great one, but he was a phenomenal two. And if he was your third option, my goodness. I mean, watch out. But the problem is, is that you, if you make him your four, who's your five? Now, the Rockets are going to, if they luck out and they end up with Victor Wenbanyama, I mean, you're talking about a front line of Jabari Smith at the three, Wenbanyama at the five, Shangun at the four, uh, Jalen Green at the two, and who cares at the one? You know, I mean, if you re-sign KPJ, you make him your one, or you end up with Ty Ty Washington being your starting point guard for that team, a la what Ty Lu did in his years where he just managed the game. Can that be a Ty Ty Washington? And then, my goodness, you think of your bench, Josh Christopher, Tari Eason, Josh uh, – uh, who, who am I forgetting? Uh, I mean, those two guys off your bench. I mean, good God. I mean, watch out. But, you know – yeah. Well, that's the thing, man. That's, that's the big you're if. a diehard Rockets fan. What's your opinion on the organization basically, I'm not going to say throwing the middle finger up to the fan base these last couple of years. It's what they've done, though. I mean, if you think about it. I mean, it's it seems like what they're doing, they're trying to tell Rockets fans right now that, hey, guys, look, we're in rebuild mode, so it's going to take us a couple years. We're going to play a bunch of rookies. You know, come see young guys play and like, like not to say real fans, but other fans are going to be like, no, we want to win now. We're a town that wins. We have a winning baseball team. Not going to mention our football team, but we have a winning baseball team. All right. You can can name them. Houston Astros, your 2017 World Series champions forever. Right. I'm talking about our our crappy football. Oh, okay. But, um, you know, the city prides itself on, on winning. And especially the Rockets who have a history with, you know, 94, 95, you know, fans want to see that again. And everyone's like holding out for one Banyama. But if you look at, he's also tall and lanky. I, he, I don't see any muscle on him. He's so much more talented though. Like if you watch him play, I mean, he's Greek freak on steroids. I mean, that kid, that kid can just straight up ball, but I like your point though. And here's the thing. This is what ownership in professional sports don't talk about very often is if they're pushing this rebuild, why do you expect us to go to the games? So you want to press, you want to push rebuild and let's call it cheapness, because that's what it is right now. The, the most expensive piece on this roster doesn't even play for this team anymore. That's Russell, uh, uh, John Wall. The second most expensive piece on this team right. is Eric Gordon, which why he's on this team, I still don't get. And... I love people. Oh, he's a good influence on the on the locker room. Really, he's a good influence on a locker room that has had the worst record in the league the last two years. Oh, and by the way, good influence on the locker room. Eric Gordon hasn't done, for lack of a better term, dick in the league overall. Sorry, I I, I get that may offend some people, but yeah, he's won a three point contest. He's won a six man of the year. That's cool. That's great. But how many teams has he been a part of? That team has had true success in the league. I think he'll be gone before the season starts. Uh, and get, let's get to that before we wrap the show up. That's a good segue. Bleacher Report came out with a proposed 
uh, trade. The Houston Rockets receive Utah Jazz guard Donovan Mitchell for Eric Gordon, KPJ, KJ Martin Jr., Usman Garuba. 2023 first round pick via the Bucks. 2024 first round pick via Brooklyn. 2026 first round pick via Brooklyn. And a 2028 first round pick responsibility of the Houston Rockets. That's a lot. I don't know. I, I wouldn't. So here's my thing. I said if I was the Rockets and I tweeted this from at the Dream Take, give us a follow. Uh, thank you. I would do this deal. And I know I'm going to be in the minority who say that I would do this deal. No, Sean Kane says do it. Well, yeah. Well, Sean and I, you know, Sean's good people. Let me tell you that first first, first and foremost. Um, <laughs> my thing is, you're in today's NBA, whether we like it or not, at least for the next two or so years, the Minnesota Timberwolves have ruined the trade market by doing what they did for Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell is as impactful on the right roster as Rudy Gobert is. I'm not saying he's a better player. I'm saying more impactful. Donovan Mitchell is a bona fide stud, all-star level player. You put him on a team with Jabari Smith, with Alperin Shengun, with Jalen Green, not one guy that I just mentioned would they have a significant impact on this team more so than a Donovan Mitchell? You know, Eric Gordon has no impact on this team. Kevin Porter Jr. is your starting point guard, but if you get Donovan Mitchell, you're upgrading that position. K.J. Martin, you could argue you just drafted his replacement in Tari Eason. Usman Garuba, while he's not, you know, crapping his pants in recent basketball tournaments, if you haven't seen that story, go check out Google Usman Garuba craps his pants. It's actually a pretty funny story. Um, and then you're trading four first round picks. Do I like the idea of giving up four ones? No, I don't. However, when you talk about Alex, the, t- the Rockets, the last two years, you've drafted already seven pieces, right? I mean, you look at the last two years alone, you have Tari Eason going to be a part of this team, Jabari and Ty Ty. There's three Garuba's four or sorry. Uh, I just named those three. Jalen Green is four. Josh Christopher is five, and Shangun is six. That's so. What was uh, Mitchell Green, Mitchell? Uh, Jabari to start off with Tate and Garuba, or sorry, Tate and Shangun. Eventually, Tari Eason. I said by the All Star break is going to replace Jay Sean Tate as your three. So let's say that happens. It's going to be Mitchell Green. Uh, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith, and Alperin Shengun. You could sign me up for that. That's a team that I would go watch and pay to watch. Because right now, Tillman Fertitta doesn't deserve my money. He just doesn't. Like, he hasn't done anything to, you know, get me to want to go there. To watch a team at Toyota Center... And I know that may be in bad taste to say this, but I promised the the fan base of the Dream Take since I took part in this show three years ago, I'm not going to bullshit you guys. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you guys and just force feed, uh, oh, yeah, you got to be a good company, man. Got to go watch the team, support the team. I ain't paying $30 to park my car to go inside of Toyota Center to spend $30 on a ticket to sit upstairs, buy a $12 beer, and watch us lose by 30 points. 
I'm not doing it. Sorry. Now, if you ask me as a graduate of the University of Houston to support Tillman Fertitta and company, they've done a phenomenal job there. I'll spend my money to go watch those teams play. You know, it, it's it's one of these things that everything, you know, I'm not, we're, not, we're never going to get political on this show. Everything's more expensive, it feels like, nowadays. More people have to be more selective about what they're going to spend their money on. And the Rockets, by going after this type of deal to get a Donovan Mitchell, at least shows the fan base that they give a rip. Oh, Michael, it doesn't fit the timeline. It does, what, what are you going to do? You're going to trade your picks to go after a guy? Doesn't fit the timeline. Screw your stupid timeline. You don't know the timeline any better than the front office does. I think you, you do the Donovan Mitchell deal. I don't know how much money he has left on his contract. I can look it up and tell you. Do you do that, do you do that with him saying that he's going to stay? I mean, Donovan Mitchell just signed his massive deal. Yeah, he signed through 25-26. So this year he makes $30.3 million. Next year he makes $32.6 million. The next year he makes $34.8. And then the final year of his deal. So he's under contract for three more guaranteed years. And then the fourth year is a player option at 37.1. You know, I mean, he's locked yeah, up on what I would say is a pretty decent deal for who he is. You know, you look at his stats. Let me look up Donovan Mitchell's stats real quick. So last year, he, let's see, last year he played in 67 games. He averaged 26 points, uh, steal and a half a game, five and a half assists, four rebounds. He shot 86% from the free throw line, and he was a 36% uh, percent three-point shooter. Yeah, he's pretty good. And that's the thing, man, yeah, is how old is he? He's... He's 25 years old. So, I mean, he's he's the type of guy that you are going to – he's the type of guy that – and correct me if I'm wrong, and we'll go for another few minutes here, and then we'll wrap the show up. Um, he's the type of guy that so many Rockets fans want them to go after a year from now. Did I say that right? Yeah, I think I said that right. You know, they're like, well, right now it doesn't yeah. make sense to go get him but it does a year from now. And if anybody's looked at the 23 free agency class, it's hot dog water. You're not getting any of the big time guys to come here. A name like Chris Middleton, you're not convincing Chris Middleton to come here. So you have to get, you have to overpay. That's the thing, man. You have to overpay. The Rockets right now are the decent looking individual at the club that in order to get the dime piece, they're going to have to pay for a majority of the drinks throughout the night. You know? Yeah, you're only right. And Mitchell's a guy that's going to put fans back in the seats. And he hasn't it's... done things wrong in Utah. He doesn't seem like a guy that, you know, is, is a bad person. You know, and Sean says you could if you have traded for Mitchell before this. Yeah. I mean, look, he he's 6'1". Right, but he's a big, beefy 6'1". Like, you put him next to Jalen Green, it's your backcourt for the next 10-plus years if you want it to be. You know, and I think if you're Donovan Mitchell, would you rather play in Utah right now? Okay, let me ask you this, Alex. If you're Donovan Mitchell, would you rather go to the Knicks or come to the Rockets? 
for future reference okay. is probably no huge. state income tax. Are the Rockets as good as right. the Knicks right now? No, I don't think they're as good as the Knicks, but I don't think that they're far off. Like, I don't think it's crazy to say with the additions that they've made this year. Tari Eason, I think, is going to be a sneaky pick for top five finisher of rookie of the year. I'd go as far to say that now. I think Tari Eason is going to be a monster in this league. I think he's exactly what you look for. I think he's a Ron Artest-esque type of guy. When the Rockets drafted him, I said, and you and I you know both said at the same time, that's going to be the steal of the draft. Adam says Mitchell's value would exceed what you're giving up for him, especially since you would have him under contract for three years, around $33 million a year, 100%. I mean, a guy whose average last year was 26, you know, 26 a game at $33 million a year in today's NBA is ridiculously good. And – what you like to see, yes, small sample size. But when you move to the postseason from this past year, he still averaged 25 and a half points a game. His turnover numbers were about right. He turns the ball over too much. Um, being a you know a ball handler much of the time, so he's got to improve on that a little bit. But he still averaged five. His assists went actually went up. His rebounding numbers went up. He was a better free throw uh, three throw shooter. Um, his three-point percentage went dramatically down. That's something to work on. But if he's available, the Rockets need to go after him. Any final thoughts, Alex, before we wrap the show up, my man? What do you think is holding Raphael Stone back from saying, hey, let's just blow this up. Go get him. He's an average GM at very best. He's got an owner that has <laughs> explicitly told him that he does not want to spend any more money on the roster. I mean, those two, those two factors are what I see because the proof is in the pudding, right? You know, and people are going to be like, well, why would you spend money on a roster that isn't going to compete? Yeah. Well, okay, that's fair. If, if that's the take that you want to have, then you as a fan should also be aware of criticism like that of, well, you're not going to get any better if you don't spend on the roster. You know, rookies aren't cheap. So if you load the, the, the roster up with rookies, I like that. I don't, it's not that I hate that, but you, that trade makes all the sense in the world for the Jazz, right? On a multitude of fronts, you get four first round picks. Now, would I give up four first rounders to get the deal done for Mitchell? I wouldn't like it, but I would do it. I'd be okay with three. So four, I'm not going to keep that from making the deal. But if you're Utah, well, you're also giving up well yeah, you're, if too, you're right? Utah, you're getting a guy in Kevin Porter Jr., who I think could be a really interesting, fun player for them. Um, I don't know how much he would enjoy being in Utah, but that's a different story for a different day. Uh, you're getting a guy in Eric Gordon that they would not keep Eric Gordon. They would use that asset as an expiring contract to move to a contender to pick up even more draft compensation than they already received in the Gobert deal. You're getting a what I would call a building block piece in K.J. Martin Jr. I just think K.J. Martin needs time, and I think they're a team and a franchise that could give him that time. Garuba could be a, a good big coming off the bench. So you're getting three guys that you could put in your rotation from day one, and you're picking up all that draft capital and another trade asset. So that type of deal works for the Jazz. If you're the Rockets, 
Uh, I'm not going to say you're desperate to make that deal, but I think you become a lot more interesting and fun if you make that deal. Because then, like we said, man, that's not a bad starting five to put out there between, I mean, at that point, it would be Mitchell, Green, Tari, Jabari, and Shingoon. It's an interesting team. It's a playing team. Yeah. And then Adam made a good point that especially if Kevin Durant stays, those Brooklyn first round picks are not huh. going to really be anything. Wow. I mean, like, That's a really good point by Adam. It's almost like somebody said that. Wow. <laughs> I'm having this thing known as the deja vu, which I believe is French for you don't just trade your best player for peanuts. Huh. It's so funny. Alex, thanks for joining the show tonight, my brother. You got it, man. Thank you, sir. Thank this you. has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on a Monday night here on Spotify Live. It's been a pleasure to talk Rockets basketball with you. As always, if you are on Twitter, make sure to give The Dream Take a follow at The Dream Take. You can follow the mothership of The Dream Take, The Dream Shake, at Dream Shake SBN. You can follow my co-pilot, Jeremy Brenner, at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. You can follow me on Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore MB. If you're on Facebook, search The Dream Shake. Give us a like there. Finally, head on over to thedreamshake.com on any day that ends in Y to follow all things Houston Rockets all the time. Until Thursday night, ladies and gentlemen, it's 9.40 p.m. and go Rockets. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.